Welcome to Flicking and Screaming. I am Jed Sprague here with my co-hosts, JT Chipman. Hello, hello. And Evan Fagundis. Hello. This week, we are traveling the world in search of the treasure that is the best Indiana Jones movie. That's right. We are ranking all the Indiana Jones movies from worst to best before we dive into that. Boys, how are we doing? Doing well. I, I'm happy to be back. Happy to be talking uh, Indiana Jones kind of finally, it feels like a little bit at this point. But um, I think we've teased it a couple of different times to end episodes. But here we are. I, uh, yeah, excited to, to do this week's um, movie. And, you know, we were just talking about it uh, off off air. But, you know, it's nice to have new movies, too, kind of in the consciousness and to be able to talk about things that people are just seeing for the first time or, you know, even some people haven't seen and, and are anxious about. So I feel like it's oh, yeah. it's becoming a better time. Oh, yes. I love when things become become a better time. That's a good way to put it. Yes. You know, despite despite Lady Delta running around, it still feels like things are a little bit better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm doing well myself. Uh, ha- having a good time with the movies. Had a good time with mostly a good time with the movies we're going to talk about. Mostly um, some some new experiences with the Indiana Jones franchise that I hadn't tapped into before. And ooh, let me tell you, oh, let me tell you. Um, but no, I'm doing good. Had a little mini vacation to Chicago last week. To, uh, to see my boys from the Cespedes family barbecue, finish their bike trip, raise a bunch of money for charity for Chicago Youth Sports. So that was really sick. First time to Chicago, had a really great time. Felt, you know, a little, little travel, a little safe travel was a good uh, break from the routine. Back in action in the heart of America now with my boys. <laughs> Love it. In the heart of America. Chip is is in the heart of America and he's maybe the heart of the podcast. Um, so we're, we're happy, we're happy to have you back. Uh, but yeah, Indiana Jones guys, I will say when we started probably doing these like franchise rewatches and these franchise rankings, it started with the Potters. Um, it has reawoken a piece of me, like a piece of my like movie loving experience that it's just like, sometimes it's just about being with a bunch of characters for like an extended period of time and watching all these movies back to back, uh, was really such a treat um i i personally did it for the first time like a couple months ago or a month ago when we teased it out the first time and then yeah. did it again did it again this weekend and uh can tell you that it was not i did not lose its luster watching them that close uh, all in succession uh before we dive into like ranking these movies because i'm sure there's going to be some takes uh there's a lot of i think there's like going to be a, a bottom discussion and a top discussion um it'll be very interesting but I want to talk about Indiana Jones kind of as a, as a whole, uh, as a franchise, because I think it's a, you know, obviously it, it is a big piece of IP. We haven't really seen a new movie uh, recently. They're working on one right now, but it's also a piece of IP where the old, the star is ancient uh, <laughs> and it doesn't seem like they, they've, they were, I think they were planning to hand off the franchise uh, to a young star, but that didn't quite work out. So I don't know where it is, but I first want to talk about, you know, what it was. And so, Evan, I want your thoughts. What's Indiana Jones to you? Like, where does it sit in, like, Hollywood lore? Um, oh, man, that's a big one. That's a good question. I, I think it, it 
is so well known. It's like one of those, uh, I was thinking about this a little bit the other day, um, as far as comparing it to, you know, other Harrison Ford led um, series such as Star Wars or, you know, Jurassic Park, which is another Spielberg. And like, I feel like one thing about this movie is that it's like just part of pop culture. Like everyone Mm -hmm. knows who Indiana Jones is. Everyone knows the whip and lots of people who would have known haven't even seen it like i think there are a lot of people our age who have not seen like raiders of the lost ark um and maybe even saw the one in 2008 you know when they went to the theater as a as a 12 year old or something but have not seen the original um so i think it just exists in almost everyone's mind but as far as like what it means for hollywood that's a good question i mean i think it came like as a result of you know these movies that we talked about before jaws and um and the Godfather and movies like that that were like these huge phenomenons that also seem to, you know, want to display good acting talent and you know a director that like is is proud of their craft or something. I, I don't know. It's kind of a specific yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Chip, did it? Do you think this series invented the kind of globe-trotting action uh, franchise? Right? Do you think that? that this is like responsible for it becoming what it is? Or do you think that, I don't know, maybe that's not a great way to phrase the question, but you can take with that what you will. I'm going to respond in a kind of a roundabout way here. Um, So a quote that I thought about a lot was, is a very controversial quote that's gone uh, around on Twitter over the last couple of years. And it's the way that Martin Scorsese will talk about Marvel movies. He will compare them to a theme park. He talks about how it's an amusement park. Mm -hmm. It's a thrill ride. It's a roller coaster. This feels like the best possible version of that. At least the early the the early Indiana Jones is like the best possible version of a theme park because it's got spectacle, it's got a lot of noise and a lot of fun. It's got set pieces every few minutes that are revolving and rotating action, you know, beautiful people. But I also feel like it's really smart and I feel like it's the best at, uh, uh, of that craft, you know, because it's very real. It's very hands-on. Um you know, in, in this era of Spielberg, at least, he was making real movies. He wasn't in a lab somewhere, you know, constructing Ready Player One. He was on the ground, you know, whether in, in the desert. He was in the snake pit, um, whether it was filled with lizards or real snakes or whatever, whatever it is in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like, this is the best possible theme park that you can go to when it comes to 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 the, the films, to the moving pictures, to the cinema. And it's the blueprint, you know, because every other adventure movie will try this. Every other adventure movie will will try to have the rugged anti-hero who's a bit a bit uh, snarky and a little bit of an asshole, but still has that million dollar smile, right? Like you look at every Hollywood leading man, even up to like Chris Pratt, who tries to do a lot of Indiana Jones things with a lot of his performances, and it just doesn't measure up, right? You you have what what did uh what did he say in Night's Tale right to throw back to last spot you have been weighed you have been measured you have been yeah. found wanting every movie that has tried to copy Indiana Jones has has really been found wanting. Uh, you make an interesting point there, um, which is something that I, I find funny. Why at this time uh, was America so obsessed with assholes? Because like <laughs> I watch these movies and like I love these movies, but Indiana Jones is a fucking asshole. Like he oh, is. Yeah. Like, he does a lot of shitty stuff, but he's so, like, 
I don't know. So in, like somehow we're very endeared to him as a character. Do you think that's just faded away? Is that part of the reason why these like rugged anti-heroes don't maybe work as well? Maybe it's because they're not Harrison Ford and that's a maybe a completely separate discussion. But is it just because we've our fascination with like these kind of asshole leading men has waned? I mean, America has come a long way in terms of what being a man means. Not that I want to like dive into a deep discussion on just masculinity and uh, uh, the male identity in America in 2021. But I think there's a certain level of authenticity that Ford has in being an asshole because he actually is a little bit of an asshole. And I think that a lot of these guys are they're either the wrong kind of asshole to where they're actually like a bad person and, you know, (laughs) negatively affect the lives of everyone around them or they just fake being an asshole and they think that if they put on a bit of a smirk or they tell off, you know, the beautiful lady in the first act that it's going to make them that, that asshole, but it just doesn't work. Like there, there's like America's. So (laughs) Captain America had America's ass, right? Harrison Ford was America's asshole in the best way possible. (laughs) That's, that's a great point. And, you know, to be honest, like we hate to say it, but the, character who got the closest to something like this in modern day in my opinion is robert downey jr in the first iron man okay the like, first iron. he has yeah. and it's a different type of asshole like harrison ford it's hilarious to go back and rewatch these i forget how much of it is actually centered around him literally just being like a professor and like him being an <laughs> asshole is kind of just him being a nerd and you're just like yeah. what? This is Harrison Ford why why did they why are they so convinced that he like was supposed to be a nerd like but Obviously, they're kind of playing on it a little bit at the right. same time. But Robert Downey Jr. is much more like straightforward, the type of asshole that we all can know and recognize, right? Like somebody who works for, uh, you know, weapon supplier and dates a bunch of women and stuff like that. Like that's just like a an archetype that we know exists. But that was kind of the closest to me. But I, I agree that. It, there's not as much appetite anymore for people to like not be good people. And again, another Scorsese like uh, um, dialogue that is always started on social media is like bringing up all of his old movies and like, you know, his main characters are bad people. That means he likes bad people. And it's like, not exactly, but it does seem like a lot of people watch movies nowadays through that lens of like, mm-hmm. well, I can't relate to this character. They're not friendly or like they're not mm-hmm. respectful. Yeah. That's really interesting. Chip, I love what you said about kind of like the idea of like American masculinity, because I think, you know, toughness was a huge part um, of being, you know, like an American man back in the day. But at the same time, Indiana Jones inspired an entire generation of men to think fedoras were fashionable. So, like, (laughs) you know, take take everything comes with a a bit of good and bad. Uh, I'm trying to think of where I want to go, because I I really am really infatuated with the idea of of american masculinity but like you said chip that is probably a separate podcast this is a dangerous path it is a slippery slope that yeah. we could possibly be going down here and i i'm yeah. not i'm not afraid of it i want I like i feel like we should almost no. for our comments a little bit but i we all know what we mean our listeners know what we mean <laughs> i actually would like to have the i think we should make an entirely separate episode on like masculinity in film um and like how it's evolved throughout the years i think that would be a fascinating conversation Uh, But we're here to talk and rank 
uh, the Indiana Jones movie. So I want to know, do you guys have anything that you want to get on the table before we jump in and say what the worst one of these movies is? So I had never seen Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull um, before about 48 hours ago um, as as of recording. And wow. So I, I there are I, I have friends, Evan, who have a shared experience to what you said, where they remember seeing Crystal Skull in theaters and they think they've seen Raiders of the Lost Ark. They know some parts of it and they can't say for sure if they've seen any of Temple of Doom or Last Crusade. So. Um, I have had the inverted experience to where I have avoided Crystal Skull as long as I possibly could. <laughs> and uh, that, that date finally expired where I could avoid it. I, <laughs> that's pretty funny, actually, to just actively at a certain point. If you have Twitter before you've seen it, then I completely understand why you've probably been dancing around it. But um, I honestly just wanted to ask you guys, and this is probably too big a question. And again, question for another pod. But really quick off the top of your heads, without ranking them, like I was thinking a lot about like, let's put like Star Wars, Jurassic Park, Indiana Jones. I don't even know what else you can toss in there. Pirates. Pirates. Yeah, if we want to just talk about the best, you know, series ever, Pirates. Like, where would you guys have Indiana Jones ranked? Um, We could toss Lord of the Rings in there. Like, um, It's right right near the top, man. Right near the top? top. Okay. And I just think it's hard because... I like two of these films an immense amount. And I think the other two are disappointing at times, but, you know, at best a fun jaunt. Yeah. Uh, But, like, I think it's so so attached to, like, my childhood, even to the point of, like, you know, going to Disneyland. You know, like, Mm, that was one of my favorite rides. That ride was fire. And so, like, connecting that ride to – to like the experience of the movie and and like you had said chip the movies are in in a sense like an amusement park and i think it's hard for me to separate to how much i love things versus how much my parents like shove their love of things onto me and this is one of the franchises that my dad and mom both agree they love a lot so i have so many distinct memories of of like tossing it on you know on a summer night when back when you used to watch cable and there was nothing else that you know you had to watch a movie um and uh, yeah, so it's got to be near the top. Like I, like you said, I can't really quite like rank them in my head, especially if we start to throw like pirates and Lord of the Rings in there. Yeah. That's like, man, that's becomes tough. But I mean, it's up there for sure. It has to be up there because you know my first thought was okay, Lord of the Rings is number one because it's three perfect movies basically, or three really close to perfect movies. But then it's like. The Hobbit is in that universe, and it's it, it's very clearly supposed to be part of you know how star wars did three three prequels like we consider that all in the same universe so that knocks down that that saga peg so mm-hmm. do the hobbit movies doc knock down the lord of the rings movies a peg because if so you know there are two amazing raiders or two amazing indiana jones movies and then at least <laughs> one like like somewhat defensible and enjoyable movie so like that's a better winning percentage than some of these other franchises are putting up i don't know do we want to have just a brief moment where we say what we think about five if five should happen are we worried about five uh i would like to talk about that a little bit like more once we talk about probably crystal skull i I think that's part of that conversation one thing i do i will say about this movie and like its importance in like my life is i absolutely love history as well Mm -hmm. um and i think like to an extent like this kind of like toxic archaeology 
um, which like if you read like what the archaeology community thinks about about Indiana Jones the franchise, I think it's like the worst thing that ever happened to archaeology as a as a profession and a practice. Um, I I've always loved like this idea of like he's almost like a modern day pirate, right? He's like a swashbuckling adventurer that you know travels and discovers like old hidden secrets. Um, you know, one of my favorite video game franchises ever is Uncharted, and I mean you'd be literally impo- it would be impossible to argue that it's not directly inspired you know, the Nathan Drake thing and making t- direct ties to the past. And yeah, I, I kind of, I mean, National Treasure, fuck. National Treasure doesn't happen without Indiana Jones. And I think we've talked how much we affection we have for uh, National Treasure. Yeah. Um, you could say that Nathan Drake might be the closest we've come to like an actual leading man that is somewhat reminiscent of Indiana Jones. Because I love the Uncharted franchise too. I've played all four games and they yeah. fucking rip. I wonder, so that'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to see how tom holland oh fuck off tries to play nathan nathan drake i don't want to talk about it but yeah uh, <laughs> very very interesting um that was a great question you know to get back to the original question that really made really made me ponder things are we ready yeah Let's get into it yeah number four is temple of doom temple of doom is pure trash no absolute trash can't stand that movie it is the worst one of them all no no thousand percent no no what no so let me hear what's your beef what's your beef with crystal skull i want to get it out there because obviously i know it's not it's not a great movie but i want to i want let's have that conversation now because i have takes kind of in defense of crystal skull wow chip go ahead yeah so so when i watch temple of doom Recently, I rewatched it. I was like, man, this has just George Lucas's fingerprints all over it. Like, this is just the most the most Lucas that has ever Lucased. Uh, and then I saw Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and I said, oh, there's another level of George Lucas. Um, with his with his uh, thumb up his butt, basically, and it is so drab. It is so uninspired. There is no spirit or heart in it. I think that the way it's shot, the lighting of this movie is terrible. The CGI Horrible. is terrible. Like, Evan, the lighting, what the fuck is going on? They're, like, inside the bar, him and Shia, and it's like, wh- wh- what floodlights are we using right now, bro? <laughs> it's confounding, and it makes the CGI that much worse because yeah. they – and then there are certain times when they'll just try to blot out. Like, it's like you can tell they screwed up the CGI. So they just, like, blot out parts of the screen. It, the lighting is confounding the whole movie. Yeah. If we thought we had issues with, like, Half-Blood Prince, this is a different <laughs> level. Um, I think the character of Indy is another like, movie, unrecognizable. Another movie I like. Another yeah, movie see, this I is like. – I do where... like that movie, though, I at least – Right, but this is where I, I draw the line as a nerd. Basically, I'm like, no, get the fuck out of here. Like, no, that's true. I just think Indy is completely warped. Um, there's no like, okay, there are jokes about how, how old Indiana Jones is, but there's no actual commentary on it. It's just like, like surface level, you know, cheap Marvel humor. I, I'm making Marvel a punching bag here again, but it's like cheap Marvel jokes about like. Oh, it's yes. not not as young as I used to be. I back in my day, I would have taken. It. It's like okay, you're not actually saying anything about how old you are. You're just saying you're old. That's it. Like, give me something more. There, you, there's a lot of potential there for Harrison Ford to get introspective. He's a good actor. There's nothing in the script about that at all. Um, the 
the charm of Indiana Jones, the story, is about old things brought back to light, right? It's about digging into the past. There's a lot of colonization aspect that we don't need to get into that's problematic, whatever. This is about, like, digging into the past, finding something, bringing it to the light for history purposes, to, to have in a, a museum or whatever. Aliens. It belongs in a museum. <laughs> Aliens, man. Like, what the fuck? I know it's hey. El Dorado. Yep. Hey. But no. No. Chip, are you, no. A, re- are you a religious person? <laughs> That's a low. That's a HIPAA violation. No, 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 no. No, no. Um, I am not at this point. I'm just kidding. I am interested. I am interested in some religious things still because I have a lot of my background. So it interests me, but I don't live my life to a religion. I guess. Okay. I I I respect and understand that as a fellow Catholic schoolboy who (laughs) probably is in the exact same boat. But just hear me out. It's like. In The Last Crusade, which is a movie I, I liked very much, Jesus exists, and the Holy Grail exists, and there's a knight that's been living forever waiting for the next guy to, like, protect the Grail. But, like, aliens is where we draw the line? No! Yeah. No, we don't draw the line at aliens! <laughs> he said, yeah. Like, it, like, come on! Let's fucking, like, get over it. Like, aliens, there was a choice, and I actually like it because it plays on the whole, like, Aliens help, you know, build, um, you know, the pyramids and all that, mm-hmm. you know, other kind of crap. Sure. I, I, I dug it. I, you're in South America. We're in a different setting. It's not like they pulled aliens out of their ass. Like, there's a kid, like, there's some kind of, like, continuity thread that would lead them to be like, hey, aliens are here. I, I, I actually, like, that part doesn't bother me. Like, that is the reason that, like, Crystal Skull, like, I will defend it is because i don't think it's any more ridiculous than the premise of literally any of the other like indiana jones movies just because they went outside of the realm of christianity like but they sound like history ish like if that can be like i i completely you don't believe in aliens that's what you're telling me on this podcast right now even if i sort of did like i know there are there are like random old pieces of art and stuff in museums. I've seen that. And like, that's tangible to me. Like I, I can touch, I can touch that or, you know, don't, don't touch in museums, but like (laughs) you can see it and you know, somebody can feel it. Like it's a, it's a real like thing. And even though these are lots of these are like manufactured from myths or whatever, it Mm -hmm. still feels like it's like something that could be buried in a temple underground, blah, blah, blah. Versus, like, it just seems like they could have found another one of those, right? Like, why did they have to go to aliens? There's probably, so, like, a 100,000 myths out there that they could follow to be, like, there's this, you know, fucking rock in some tree that was, like, blessed by whoever, you know, in 1200. Like, I don't know. It just feels so, like, it is very Lucasy. <laughs> And that that meshes so much better with who Indiana's character and persona and like things he cares about, right? Because he cares about preserving that history. I don't feel like he cares. Like they make him a fucking like he's in the CIA at one point in the flashbacks, right? And it's like, oh, since when was he like spying on the communists, right? And this isn't even me being political. That's sick, though, because okay, first of all, there's a lot I gotta cover, Evan. I mean, the Louvre curator that uh, 
that listens to our podcast is furious yeah. that you told people to touch things in the I museum. Know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really put like, a disclaimer in there. <laughs> yeah, at the beginning. Booking and streaming does not condone the act of touching any artifacts in museum. Uh, <laughs> no, but I just think like I, I just think like assigning mythical uh or like assigning like un human un like natural powers to relate like potentially I, I don't know I don't want to go to hell so I'm sorry God but potentially <laughs> fictitious historical artifacts like like of the Holy Grail and the Ark of the Covenant mm-hmm. how is that any different than being like oh the uh you know the reason that they were able to build this city of gold was because of the knowledge that they were given by a superior alien race. Like that doesn't, it doesn't feel different to me. And him being in the CIA is fucking sick because he <laughs> fights the Nazis twice as like an independent force. And he literally is like, I hate these guys. And I love the, not, I hate, I love the Nazis as villains. I, I was going to say, I love the Nazis. <laughs> I, love, I love the Nazis as movie villains. Um, sure. And then I love the fact that the Russians are are the villains in this one. It makes perfect sense. It's like Cold War era. It's just an evolution. It's amazing. It's, it's so it definitely went to the Rocky Four school of Russians and storytelling. You know, uh-huh. it's just like mm-hmm. you know, total red scare. Like they literally are driving through a a, a college protest and it's like better dead than red. And it's like like it, it the movie is taken directly out of like the 1980s basically and like the 1970s and all the weird anti-communism stuff and making the comic like it's just the same thing with not with the communists as the nazis where they look like bumbling idiots the entire time but i just like okay i just like the fact that it feels so much more like i don't know this to crystal skull let's just say indiana jones the video game right like Raiders, Last Crusade, and Crystal Skull to me feel like the three main titles. And then Temple of Doom feels like this weird side quest game. Where like it doesn't have anything to do with like the I don't know. It's just like we're in a random, like, you know, Indian village and these people are like bringing back this cult. And like Indiana Jones stops the cult? No, that's not what he was about. Like there's no there's no finding of artifacts in like I don't know. I there like in Yeah, in, the stone. The Temple of Doom, like he actually yeah, this, finds one for like well, Temple of Doom has its own problems. So yeah. <laughs> we'll dive that. into that. Okay, this yeah, is yeah. not so a perfect. Are we, are we about, in agreement that those are the those are the yeah, bottom two? It's not two. even yeah, it's not even right. close. Like like okay. I said, I think there's a clear bottom two and a clear top two. Okay. Um and the discussions like whether or not yeah, I, I just think personally. I don't like the set pieces and stuff really all, that much in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which is like the added piece to me that just is like <clears throat> doesn't is is where I would completely separate even those two in my own mind. Like, yeah, Temple of Doom, okay. we can get into more, but I actually really like some of the practical effects and like set pieces in Temple of Doom. That we can get into, but like. But like the spinning, like when when they're on the um in the mine cars, like that stuff is actually really 
nuts and like okay. really and they try to replicate it with like the rocket that him and the russian launch out of in area 51 and it doesn't work at all can we talk about for a second that he survives a nuclear blast by being in a fridge, in See, a fridge. Okay. <laughs> if if i was watching that not for the podcast i would have turned it off sick. i literally would have been like they they have that little brief insert shot where it's like lead lined refrigerator and I'm like okay but then it like flies off and it's flipping and tumbling and rotating and I'm like are you like yeah I mean he's definitely dead but the exposition around that, that scene is unbelievable just lead lined it is actually kind of funny when he's like talking to the plastic people like that's funny that that cracked me up yeah no I see like I think like this it's definitely the most tongue in cheek like indiana jones like it's like he's old yeah like that we get it it's like you know the old war buddy what i the other thing i really do like is i love the sequence in the warehouse like you know where like the warehouse that we've seen uh you know where he stores all the artifacts for the first three movies i love that we had that sequence in the warehouse of them just like blowing shit up and and things happening and they like they show the arc like i don't know that makes like it, it does like it plays on this it's definitely was nostalgia porn. Like it, it was early on nostalgia mm-hmm. porn, but I, I don't know. I, I personally, it works on me. I actually, and the other thing is I really, the CGI overall, like in the whole movie, I agree is not great, but I actually really like that. The jungle chase fight sequence with, with Shia and like the jumping back and forth between the cars. I, I like it. It works on me. And like you can disagree and that's fine, but I it personally it so, doesn't work on me. I will say in a vacuum, especially the first time I saw this movie, I should give a disclaimer that when I saw this movie in the theater as a what, twelve year old, I was like, This is cool. Like I'm having a great time watching this. I'm gonna go see Avatar next week, having a great time at the movies. <laughs> you know, like I had a good time. What the problem that I had with lots of these set pieces, besides for like the fact that they just aren't very good in general is like when I watched the, the other three first and then went into that one, I was really just struck by like, Whoa, they're just in front of a green screen right now. Like they're just, it just felt, it felt especially poor coming off of even like temple of doom, which we're all admitting is like a rung lower just felt so real. And like, dangerous in a way which sounds silly like i'm not one of those people who believes movies like that much but like it felt like suspenseful in a way that kingdom of the crystal skull just never did but i do agree that sequence is decent and like yeah jumping back and forth through the cars but also just like kind of joyless i don't know do we think we we look on crystal skull differently if shia takes over the franchise like was clearly planned like if Shia doesn't go through all all of Shia's stuff, and we have maybe one, maybe two, Shia LaBeouf, Indiana Jones movies, are we are we as hard on Crystal Score? Do we view it as like a transitional film? Obviously, it depends on how good those Shia LaBeouf movies would be. But like, do you think part of it is just because it's like it's this weird movie that like tries to pass the baton but doesn't successfully yeah. do it because the guy that was supposed to get the baton was drunk and on the side of the road? instead of like in the lane i think i would need to see what the chemistry was like between shia because it feels like if it would have gone forward there would have been more indiana and marion in shia's like maybe not through the entire movie but it seems like they would have still been around 
And if those relationships would have been developed more than maybe, but I didn't find the relationships or chemistry between those three very believable. Yeah. Also, it was like too unnecessary for them to get a pass, in my opinion, no matter what, like the ultimate plan was. They had had a good run. Like they did three movies in the 80s and then came back in 2008 and were like, we're just going to capitalize on, you know, people's nostalgia and love for, frankly, their love for Harrison Ford, of course, and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I think it needed to be good. And Shy was hot. I will say we can have a little bit deeper conversation. We want like. I don't think this happens without Shia's involvement. Like they basically passed him and we're like. This is the yeah. kid. To and take he was over. huge at the mm-hmm. time. Huge. And he's like, and I he's mean, awesome. Like I love and holes. Like Shia I was love, the man. I love Sh- yeah, I love Shia. And but he doesn't feel like Harrison Ford to me. Like that what's so interesting like did you guys ever get that feeling when you watch like Disturbia and stuff that you were like, this guy's gonna be like Harrison Ford? No. Obviously at the time we weren't that sophisticated, but like he doesn't have that same feeling to me. Yeah. There is no Harrison. It's the same problem that Solo yeah. had. Whoever played uh, right. young Han Solo. Yeah, the dude who kills it in um in uh Hail Caesar. Yeah. Yes. Right? What all is the, it? Good actor. He's great a actors. great actor too. That's what's so yeah, disappointing. Not yeah, but he can't do Harrison. Yeah. yeah. The only I will say there's like like when I think about like trying to like recreate characters, the only person I've successfully seen do it where I'm like genuinely I'm like. I like this performance almost as much as I like the original performance. Is actually in Solo. I fucking love Donald Glover as oh sure I, as Lando. Yeah. Like I love I love like the way he plays it. And he puts his own little unique spin on it. But it, that's a hard thing to do. But again, I don't. Uh, the reason I like Christopher Skulls because I don't feel like he's like I wasn't getting this feeling like he's trying to be Indiana. It's like he's yeah. he's related to Indiana. He's Indiana's son, which is like. We can get into maybe some timeline continuity errors, but whatever. I we need to move on. <laughs> yeah, move on. I'm I'm willing to see. I don't care enough about it. I just was this is more okay. platform to me for me to get out some of my like. I don't think Crystal Skull deserves all the hate, um, especially from a story perspective. I agree. The lighting, CGI, like all that crap. Maybe they didn't need to make <laughs> the movie. Um, they definitely don't need to make five. But we at we all right. Two minutes on that because we did need to talk about that chip. Uh, thoughts on five. Um, the cast is amazing, and James Mangold is directing. So I am hesitantly in. Yeah. I really – I have no idea. Like, if – okay. Harrison if Ford Logan didn't exist, if James Mangold hadn't made Logan, I would be out. But from what I what I saw what he did with Logan, if you just make Logan with Indiana Jones, cool. I'm in. Yeah. Be- because of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, I'm like, Sure. Why not? Fuck it. They've yeah, so already like, saw it. To me, they they've already soiled it. Yeah, and and it's still an amazing series. Like that's what I like. The original three Star Wars movies are incredible, and I will fight people on that. It doesn't take away from the fact that they fuck things up beyond that, right? Like yeah. those two things can happen at the same time, and I think that's what's happening here. So it's like, hey, if they want to come back and try to make five hundred million dollars. And, you know, at least they hired good people, and like, yeah, I'll, I'll for sure see it, and and probably you know the day it comes out, like, oh, let's have a great time. I'm kind of in because I actually I do really like Logan, um, and I actually 
love Ford v Ferrari as well. Like I think Mangold mm-hmm. kind of yeah. gets how gets how to do these these blockbuster things. And dad I almost moves. I yeah dad moves. And I almost want resolution after Crystal Skull, right? Like I want to see like how they're gonna handle Crystal Skull. And like I really hope this is them tying a bow on everything and just saying see you later. We'll give you the nostalgia porn that you want. Like, but we're going to, I, I trust Mangold's going to treat it with care. I agree yeah. with you, Chip. I'm hesitantly anticipating it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm excited for Harrison. Like, of course he's cashing paychecks. No doubt about it. Blade but Runner 2049. Sure the last but he seems to care about these things. Like he seems to care that like, he's a part of these things that he considers to be important for some well, reason. He, I think he is the thing like with about Harrison to me is like he's not uh, and this is gonna sound crazy. I don't think he's like the greatest actor in the world. He's just the greatest Harrison Ford, and he's mm-hmm. great as himself. And I think like these iconic characters like Han Solo, Indiana Jones. Uh, I I'm gonna get crucified by our listenership for not remembering his uh, the Blade Runner character's name. Um, Deckard. Thank you for. Um, but these are this is like these are pieces of Harrison Ford's soul. Yeah. In, he's in a my movie mind. Star. Yeah, he's a movie star. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's not a he's not an actor. He's a movie star. And I think he does care about like these pieces of him that he's put out into the world. And so, um, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, like I said, I'm hesitantly excited. But we agree. Crystal Skull is for yeah. Temple Doom, but like much lower yeah. than the other two. I I mean, if we, I, yes, I do agree. I will say the last 25 minutes of Temple of Doom just gets me going because it's like one of the most action packed, like finales of a movie. I'm not going to say ever because we just did Bond and there's a couple Bonds to end, you know, on crazy high notes and stuff. But um, it's pretty wild. The set pieces that they pull out, like back to back to back to back to back. It's like hop out of the mine shaft. Now we're on the bridge. Now we're like, it's like just one after the other, like massive set pieces. But yeah, uh, we can definitely move on. They're a step below. All right. Uh, anyone want to toss what they think should be the order for these two? For the top two. For Last Crusade and Raiders. I... I, you can make an argument both ways. Am I crazy for saying that? I don't no, think you can. I, I, I have Raiders I, and like three inches. I'm not going to say an inch. I'm not. I have about three inches, but it's it's in the hundred percent in the ballpark. I have, I have Last Crusade. I have I have Last Crusade as the best one. Whoa. Okay. The, this is so Jed. Well, Last Crusade brings me the most joy. Yeah. Um, I think Sean Connery is a fucking incredible addition to the franchise. Totally. Um, I, I think it's such a cheeky back and forth between him and, and Ford. Um, I love that we get back to the Nazis. Um, I think it's like that sequence of him getting from the beginning of the temple back to the room with the grail is the most like consequences I feel for Indy's knowledge. Hmm. Um, and I love this him picking up the pieces of what his dad has been working on his whole life and it's like it's not necessarily his discoveries but it's him having to interpret um i'm very interested in father-son relationships um just like chip is interested in male friendships and uh, father-son relationships yeah, i have that issue as well i i 
Uh, I like, actually, I like some of the set pieces in Last Crusade better um, than I do in in Raiders. Sidecar, uh, baby. And I like the resol. I don't know. I just like I like the way that overall that Last Crusade makes me feel. I actually think very successfully done flashback sequence in the beginning, like. Hmm. I, the that's I like the that's boy like, scout yeah yeah it's what yeah. to do right he's a you know he's like an eagle scout and he finds these guys you know robbing basically like robbing a you know historical artifact uh in utah um, i like that we get a little bit of that backstory i think it does kind of shoehorn the that belongs in a museum thing mm-hmm. um you know i but, do think it's funny too that he bases his entire persona and looks off of one experience with like a what is perceived to be a bad guy. He's like, I'm going to steal the entire way you look and talk, but you know, have my, uh, my intentions be pure. Yeah. Um, I also love that they like shoehorn in Harrison Ford's chin scar. Also, <laughs> yeah. So great. But for me, for me, last crusade, because I think at the time, right, this was the last one. This was supposed to be the last one. They resurrected it. And I think we've always talked about how hard it is to end franchises um i personally don't think like if let's go star wars right return of the jedi i don't think it's actually that interesting of a resolution of the i think those three original movies as an entire story arc are great but return of the jedi is third of the original three um and there's a lot of movies between trilogies that it's it's hard to bring it back Mm -hmm. Uh, that's also part of the reason that I think Temple of Doom is really disappointing is because the second movie in a trilogy has so much freedom to like explore and do whatever it wants. And it really lets it, lets it down. But I, I think that last year said such a great, it has the great addition of, sorry, I've been rambling. You, I let you guys talk. Um, it's got the great addition of Connery. Uh, I think it's, it's got a wonderful uh, back and forth among a lot of the cast um, bringing back the Nazis. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, I think it's got my favorite indie using his knowledge uh, to beat kind of a, an old school puzzle um, sequence. And so all that culminating together, like this is the most invested I am in Indiana Jones franchise is uh, Last Crusade. Because I think from the beginning, you know what indie is about. Um, you understand his motivations for why he's taking this task on. Uh, I love last. I love uh, Raiders, but obviously they're they have to introduce the character. They have to do all these all these different things, and I think I'm just in it from the get with Last Crusade, and that's why I just that tinge above for me. It hits the emotional notes so well, better than any mm-hmm. other indie movie. Um, and it you know it's hard to hit emotional notes in the first movie when you're actually meeting the character, but now that you're two movies deep and you've got some more backstory both with a prequel and like because Doom Temple of Doom was a prequel I believe to Raiders, um, mm-hmm. by technicality. So, oh yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, which is another that's another knock against Temple of Doom is like why are we doing a prequel? It it seemed it, it also seemed like it kind of undid some of the things in Raiders of the Lost Ark. It was like yeah. in Raiders, Indy is so. Like, oh, this is this is a myth, like religion, blah, blah, blah. It's like, man, you've seen some things in Temple of Doom that would make you think. Yeah. And why did it have to be a prequel? I, I'm, I was very con- I'm very confused about that. Yeah. I agree. It's, yeah. Again, I blame if anything goes wrong with this series, I blame George Lucas. Uh, <laughs> it's just a very he's a very easy. I think it, it's easy to blame George Lucas for a lot of things. 
to be fair, George Lucas, like if, if originally Indiana Jones went the way you wanted, and this information all comes from uh, rewatchables on on mm. on the Ringer, which did a wonderful <laughs> episode about Raiders of the Lost Ark. But uh, his name would be Indiana Smith, and Marion uh, would have been like ten years old when they first yeah. met. Yeah, George Lucas Fucking is George Lucas creepy man. I mean, there was I, something yeah. wrong with that guy. The the biggest. I mean, besides for the original Star Wars, like the bit and American Graffiti, like the biggest like thumbs up for George Lucas is the fact that all these like super famous, amazing filmmakers are all like, I want George Lucas's input. <laughs> it's always so wild. Like Coppola, Spielberg, all these dudes are like, I'm not putting out my movie until I hear what George Lucas thinks I should do with it. Like, it's so funny. But do you think weird... that like they, they like that because he's just. Like, I think he's such an idea guy. Like, he's got such great ideas. It he's, seems like his head is a, filled with this shit. On a, yeah. on a grand scale, right? And so once you are uh, able to filter through him, like, on a, as a third party, it's incredible. But if you just give him full creative control, you get, um, you know, 30-minute monologues about sand. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like, yeah. so If sometimes yeah. you'll see on sports Twitter, it'll be like, Oh, take the attributes of this player and the attributes of this player, like Steph yeah. Curry's three-point shooting or LeBron's IQ. Like if you take George Lucas's like imagination and Spielberg's like action direction and blocking and like Coppola's visual like direction, like all of that and put it together, that I think that's kind of the ideal thing. I think sometimes though, there's not the proper balance that's struck between the three and between some of the other guys that they've got. Uh, running around in their little their little rat pack, um, mm-hmm. and it, it's a little bit frustrating. Um, yeah. But mm-hmm. if we want to keep talking about Last Crusade, like yeah, I let's think... do Crusade, and then we'll we'll talk about the argument for Raiders first. Because yeah, I don't. I think we got to put out what the the argument for Crusade is in totality before we put it up against the juggernaut that is the thing that started the series. Yeah. Last Crusade, it plays a lot of the same hits as Raiders, but it's it's okay because, first of all, you've got a movie in between, so it doesn't feel like, you know, a direct sequel is doing the same thing. But, like, like the blackboard trick that Indy does where he flips it around or stuff like that. It's a lot of similar stuff, but it's been enough time removed that it doesn't feel too cheap. I think it's visually amazing. Like, the I love that there's a scene in a library. I think that plays really and, – and he's in a suit the entire time. He looks great in that suit mm-hmm. it's it's such an old ass suit uh but he wears it he wears it really and it's got to be like you know super thick like wool cotton you know it's like you've got to be sweating balls underneath there um but there's that there's that shot of him climbing the spiral staircase to see the x on the ground to see that x actually does mark the spot even though he told his students that x never uh, marked the spot that shit so kills good. me i love that shit but um especially at the end with that final, you know, as he's going through, uh, I guess it's not a temple, like this resting place for the grail. It mm-hmm. feels very Arthurian. It feels very Homer. It feels like a lot of these old adventure, you know, lone man, uh, like storytelling traits that it's relying on. We've been talking a lot about uh, the Green Knight amongst us because we're going to do that next week. And we're talking about Arthur and just the hero's journey that he's going on. And it really plays so well to that. And yeah. it's very believable, and it's very, very tense. Like, you you know he's going to make it, but it's still that invisible, uh, you know, not staircase, but the invisible bridge to make that leap. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. So the other thing I really love about, about this movie, actually, too, which you kind of reminded me of, Chip, is the, the idea of 
Indy as like a crusader, like protecting history and like the in the move in this movie, the crusaders, you know, seeking out the grail and deciding to protect it from the world. Right. Like protecting this history. Um, and so it's almost like levels to, you know, like historical artifacts. He's not just mm-hmm. like in the first one, like discovering something that no one's ever discovered. He's discovering this thing that people have been protecting. Right. And when he gets into the room, the knight says, I've been waiting for you. Yeah. Like I have, I have been waiting for you to be here, uh, to take over my post, to protect this thing. Um, and everything we know about Indy as a character is that that's what he's trying to do is he's trying to protect these artifacts. He's trying to you know, put them into museums so that people can't use them for personal gain. Right. Um, yeah. Evan, I, we got to hear your thoughts. No, I was just, you know, if we're going to stay, uh, on last, like, I mean, the biggest thing I had to say, you guys have covered a lot, and I actually do really appreciate the emotional heights that this movie reaches, and, like, really do think that with these two at the top, these two are the most, like, um, copied, I guess you could say. Like, when I was rewatching this, it made me think a lot of I Just Saw a Quiet Place Part 2, well, I guess about a month ago in theaters, but the op- the whole opening sequence, for anyone who hasn't seen it, is a, is a flashback. I won't go much farther than that for spoiler purposes but like it felt so much like this movie like it's just kind of being able to like you know the characters you know the world like let's just hop into it we're not going to give you any context we're going back like it's just a a very free-flowing way of being able to make these movies which like you guys are saying you're not able to do in the first one quite as much just because you do have to do a little bit more explaining um but the one thing that i will say is the Ford Connery um, chemistry is just awesome. Yeah. It's just so amazing. Like, they the, literally seem like, like, I'm not going to go full on and say they seem like a father and son, but they seem like two people who have history and have a reason to have, like, these bicker fights and things like that. Like, it seems so oh, organic. And the way Ford actually is able to play flustered. Um, yeah. around, around him when he breaks yeah. back into the castle where he's being held and he's like oh junior's not dumb enough to bring the book the diary back here and then he goes, yeah and then you see his face like go ghost white and he's like oh my god like you did bring the diary back. yeah and it kind of makes you think of all those times you're like has he been compensating for the fact that he doesn't yeah. think you know like is this where he gets this like insecurity even though he's like the most beautiful man in the world who's also a you know genius like historian and artifact finder hunter like it, it's so cool how it wraps all that stuff in. so i just wanted to mention that as far as what i love about that movie it it it's so funny to think of like an indiana jones movie and think that like the set pieces and stuff almost become secondary but for me when i watch that movie it's the only one out of all four that it actually does become secondary and i'm just so locked in on like the actual people what's happening between them and like how their feelings towards each other are motivating like what happens in the plot or or like affecting what happens in the plot like how we get to that next um set piece versus like the set piece is kind of dictating how the characters interact so i just wanted to say that as far as that movie goes i love their chemistry so much okay so then we've made the argument for last crusade i think i'm the only one that's put my cards on the table so far about i actually evan has two i did too yeah um and so chip will be the deciding vote but let's hear evan i want to start with the argument you to start with the argument for rate for raiders and why i mean 
it's just like dumb dad's question. Why is Raiders of the Lost Ark the best Indiana Jones? Yeah. But yeah, let's like let's examine it. So I think part of it is especially I try I watched them in order on purpose because I did want to sort of experience it from the like this would be the inception of this character in this world through knowing this character in this world. And that's why like this, you know, um Last Crusade's able to work so well is because we do know those characters already for the most part. Um so Raiders of the Lost Ark. One, in my opinion, I think it's the funniest. Like, I, I legitimately laugh out loud when I watch that movie, especially, like, from the opening get-go, those opening sequences, and, you know, of course, the whole whip and the gun um, is, is, like, such a classic scene and stuff, but I think it's really funny, and to be perfectly honest, like, especially considering it's the first, it feels so on the ground. That's maybe the thing that I love most about that movie. Everything feels like it's something that could happen. And again, I know we're suspending belief and stuff, but it feels so much like it's like Harrison Ford is actually laying in the dirt trying to grab his fedora, you know, to get it before he like runs off to his next adventure. Like it, it just feels so real. Um, and just like, uninhibited like it, it doesn't feel like it owes anything to anyone like even in with bringing connery in and stuff it's like they felt like well we need to kind of um latch on to the more emotional side of indiana's character and kind of understand a little bit more why he is who he is versus raiders which is like trying to explain who this man is but at the same time is like who wouldn't think it's fucking cool to go out and try to search for some artifacts like you're just so like in on his entire mission and and like you completely understand why everyone is like reluctant maybe because he's a little bit of an asshole but wants to follow him and wants to like be involved with like his mission or whatever so i don't know it's just something about that feels so fresh i think it's really interesting the idea of like everybody being on board immediately i wonder if like the reason they made the nazis as the villains and like set it in the time period that they did was because they were they were like all right like we get it like we're it's a stretch to ask audiences to be like interested in this guy that's finding these like ancient artifacts so yeah. like, we need to give him like all right how about he's fighting the nazis like yeah. do you feel like do you feel don't like- have to ask anyone why they're bad i yeah, com- i love the decision especially because like and we don't you know spielberg is obsessed with world war ii and like how it changed like american culture and american culture coming out of world war ii was no one ever is going to have to ask why the Nazis were bad. And so he was like, you know what? I will not have to explain my villain at all. I hardly even have to explain their motivations. We know that if the Nazis are involved, it's some evil shit. So yeah. I also love here's Harrison this, Ford. Like, it's movie, just is like it in this movie or is it Last Crusade when he says, I hate these guys? It's Last Crusade. Them. I was God, gonna, yeah. that's like my favorite line in the whole series because like you think about, he has history with them, too, at that point. Yeah, but you think about it just from the perspective of, like, how would people that, like, pre-World War II, like, view the Nazis, and he's like, God, I hate these. I hate these guys. That's the other thing about Last Crusade. Sorry, we're on. I know we're on. But they go to Berlin. He fucking, they show Hitler. Hitler signs a book. I mean, come on. It's so good. It's absurd. I can't believe that's, again, it's, it's great because it's like, oh, it makes Hitler look like an idiot, right? It's like, oh, this guy's super evil, but somehow Indy gets in his head enough to where he signs the thing that he's looking for. Just just makes him play the fool. Um, but man, Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? 
what you know what else is there to say about the yeah. the one of the most <laughs> influential movies one of the five most influential movies ever made um i can't get over that opening sequence to this day it is so smart and so apparently expertly crafted in the blocking in the visual direction, in the storytelling, in the character development without mm-hmm. even any words being spoken at first. They had a plan and they executed that plan so perfectly. And I'm a sucker for when a movie does that, for when it's so clear that everyone was on the same page. There was a an outline laid out beforehand, most likely incredibly detailed, and every note was hit exactly the way it needed to from when the plane takes off eventually with a snake in the front seat and he's yelling he's like i ate snakes why is there a snake great line reading um i love to there's (laughs) 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 it's so funny so again there's so many laughs um from the beginning to the end right just so consistent it is there's a lot of like great visual things that are going on like the wild red orange of the sunset as they're digging and then all of a sudden the entire sky is blue and black and there's lightning and it's like what the fuck just happened um when indy meets mary or not doesn't meet marion for the first time but uh, meets marion again in the bar and there's like literal smoke surrounding them from the fire and it's like oh there is tension here like there is so much raw energy that like is like has existed but also still exists that their faces are just filled with fucking smoke right now uh that bar was also very influential in like how i thought alcohol tasted as a young person <laughs> um was not at all not at all correct and how just how not 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 even how it tasted but like how it worked and what it did to you uh so i was, I was pretty misguided um for a while but it's i can't i can't get over how perfect it is like that's such a dumb thing to say I've said this before about I think about no country, but there's there's not a single flaw I can point to in the movie. Yeah, no, that's that's very fair. Um, I guess it's time for me to pose my argument for uh, for Raiders, and almost to just echo what you guys said. It's like what else is there to say? I mean, it, it set the standard for an entire franchise for so many um, you know people that have tried to replicate it afterwards. I think what's so special about about Raiders to me is the confidence that the movie has mm-hmm. in its direction and its character. There's never a time, and I, I think there's a lot of even great franchises where you could see in the first movie they're feeling out who's this hero. And you know from the minute, from that opening sequence, who Indiana Jones is. Yeah. Um, and and I, I just absolutely love that about it. Um, mm-hmm. Evan, fun fact, did you know that all the uh, external sequences at the college were filmed at University of the Pacific in Stockton, California? I did Brady not know Jones. that. Yeah, because... It's oh, my the, God. How did I not know that? I grew up yeah, two blocks away just to give yeah. Chip and our audience some, uh, Evan some played for what? Evan played for Pacific Little League. They kicked our ass yeah. every year every year in... Uh, but in, two blocks away from University of the Pacific. I That's... I yeah, grew up so walking the campus. It's That's crazy. Uh, How did I the, not know the, that? The campus is all brick and, and ivy, yeah. very much like kind of old school East Coast. So it's actually mm-hmm. in a, quite a lot of movies from like the 70s and 80s, um, external shots because they would just drive up. And and in you know the case of Indiana Jones, the filmmakers are based in San Francisco, so they just drove east 
straight. Yeah. Um, but sick. Uh, yeah. I mean, everything about about creators is innovative, um, confident, uh, technically sound. It creates this character. It creates this IP that we've you know we've spent the last however long. I can't even probably over definitely over an hour talking about. Uh, I almost feel like the argument for Raiders is that there is no argument against Raiders. I that's what that's what I was the thinking reason. when Chip said it's perfect. I was like, yeah, that's true. Like the the best argument for it is that it's like, what is the argument that you're going to make against it? Sort of yeah. thing. Like, yeah. what are you going to say that it's lacking? Is, for every you know, great thing about Last Crusade, you can just come back with, oh yeah, well Raiders is perfect. it's it's literally nothing against last crusade it's like this is a perfect fucking movie yeah i think like like i've stated i think the reason last crusade is what i would choose as my number one is because it takes that formula um and it perfect it absolutely perfects it. it i would akin it it's akin to the same reason that i mean i could potentially get a lot of hate for this goldfinger invented the modern bond formula it wasn't dr no it wasn't from russia with love which i think from russia with love is you know in my upper echelon and we can rank the bonds later but it's not that goldfinger invented the modern bond but that doesn't make it my favorite my favorite is what perfected it hmm. um and okay. I, that's how i feel about indiana jones indiana like raiders perf- or invented it and I feel like Last Crusade perfected the formula. And I, I think that I could stand on that leg a little bit stronger if there were more movies, which feels like dumb to say. Um, but that's how I feel. And that's why I personally would put Last Crusade. Number one, is there anyone with me? No. I, I swear, <laughs> really close, but it's just hard for me. To, and I went into this thinking like, don't just have your mindset on Raiders being number one, and I just I couldn't I couldn't get past it. Yeah, yeah. I I came in like in my notes Raiders is one. Uh, I I will admit I I said there are arguments both ways, and there are, and there are days where I'm gonna want to watch. There are many days where I'm going to want to watch Last Crusade more than Raiders of the Lost Ark, depending on where I'm at emotionally. But um, man, I can't get over it. I think it it is so expertly directed that's what I, that's the thing is the direction of raiders is impeccable um and i just love to nerd out over it uh i so i i think i've talked about it before both maybe on the pod maybe offline uh, but the soderbergh cut of this movie where he puts it all in black and white removes all the dialogue and music and plays the social network score yes i've film. heard of this it's it's incredible so it's it's on his blog i mean i'll i'll tweet it from the account and from my account it's 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 a vimeo link so i guess it's legal under some i don't know what the loophole soderbergh is using but i've watched the entire thing and it's fucking hypnotizing because you understand the entire story you understand within 95 percent everything about indy's character everything about his motivations and where the story is going and the characters he meets without a single line of dialogue in with you know the trent reznor atticus ross social network score playing over and it's so fun because sometimes the music i think soderbergh plays with it so that sometimes the music matches up perfectly like it's in the val or in the hall of the mountain king playing during an action scene and then sometimes it doesn't 
so it can like either elevate the tension or it adds like this weird comedy contrast thing uh and you know having an electronic oh. score over uh over this older movie so he took out the dialogue i don't think yeah. i realized that from, yeah so whoa. there's no dot there's no sound at all from the original movie whether it's a score dialogue wow. um sound effects the yeah. only thing you hear is a social network score and wow. it's fucking awesome like i i it's such it's a most weird Soderbergh shit ever it I is it's like <laughs> i i want to know i have that's so many so questions like, for like so why he made those choices hitting the joint meme Oh, so it's the definition of high on your own supply. He's yeah. just like, like if it was anyone else, you know, if like, I don't know, if fucking M Night Shyamalan did this, I'd be like, dude, what are you doing? Is Raiders of the Lost like Ark? You can't touch it. <laughs> but it's even it's even Soderbergh, so I I give him full full grace. Um, but it's it's so, it's worth a watch. So are we? So we're going with probably the most completely agreed upon list here on Fleet. Yeah, like, I think like. Everybody and their mother would probably say this is the order. That I feel a little bit Raider, bad about that, but Last Crusade, Temple of Doom, and Kiss the Skull. I was hoping I was going to win yeah. one of the two battles. I was assuming that I was going to have to fight hard for one of them, but not for both of them. But, yeah, you know I, what we what we are in this pod is a democracy, and I'll get my justice one day. I've been betrayed. I was betrayed on the Mission Impossible podcast no. by Evan. <laughs> I was absolutely betrayed. I know. Um, on this podcast, hey, podcast I put I together a, a master class in that one, though. I have to say, I can't that, that was you legitimately seven for seven. Goes, hey, if you want to go for that, like, yeah, let's like we could. I'll, I'll ride with you. And I said I'll talk about. Out. Yeah. I well, the tape. you said I'll ride with you on that, and I'm like, yeah, hell yeah, true. he's that's in. True. That's yeah. true. And then he backed out. Can't trust. Didn't say he'd ride that. with you to the end. He just said he'd ride with you. Didn't say in he'd the complete word, the journey. That is true. Well, we're about to do PTA uh, oh. in a couple weeks, so we'll oh, we'll have shit. some. There are going to be some machinations there. I mean, if we're going an hour and whatever ten minutes for oh, for four <laughs> movies that are pretty pretty set already, should we split we are... PTA into two parts? <laughs> no, no, it has to be all out warfare. I want us to be like two hours ten minutes in. Like, I want one of us to be crying. I want someone like. You know, Jed, you need to be a bottle and a half in of your of your whatever yeah. you're working on. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have like on I'm gonna te- I'll have a text drafted to my gorgeous wife. Next bottle, I'll be two and a half bottles in by the time we're done with PTA. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm fine with this list. I mean, this is like very well agreed upon. I think um, I don't think you can fault the top two movies. And to be honest, even though you can fault the bottom two, I still enjoy watching them. And, yeah, uh, and I, you know, I'm interested to see what happens with the fifth one because I think that it's I, my hope, you know, my cautious optimism um, is that James Mangold is going to somehow connect the dots and make Crystal Skull feel better because it won't feel like, oh, that was the half-assed attempt to reboot and it never happened. You know, if we can round it out yeah. with maybe a little bit of acknowledgement towards crystal skull um i feel a little better my hope and i think this won't happen because it's like not so close in time is that he doesn't go full jj abrams and try to like retcon um right it's like last jedi yeah and like everything everything you heard in that was a lie well it'll be interesting to see how they handle it but i'm um gotta add that one to the list too by the way we should do 
that in this winter is Star Wars ranking. That'll get some people fired up. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, that's a good it. winter time. I just want to read the cast for Indy Five. If you're not caught up, obviously Harrison Ford, Mads Mikkelsen, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Boyd Holbrook, Thomas Kretschmann, Seanette Wilson, Toby Jones, and Antonio Banderas. Go. Oh. Bro, that's a good cast. You, that's a good you, cast. You could have you could have fucking stopped at Harrison Ford and Mads Mikkelsen, and I'd have been like, yeah. I'm in. Yeah. Because I mean, unless you're high out of your mind, Mads Mikkelsen is the main villain, and that's all I need to know about the movie <laughs> to convince me that it's going to be spectacular. Yeah, I was going to say I'm sure Mads is is a good guy in this one. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's we second build, so I'm assuming he's the bad guy. Yeah, Actually, no, I'm just kidding. Do, if he was in an Indiana Jones movie, like as just a nice guy, I'd <laughs> like lose my mind. I'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> we should do a top five Mads Mikkelsen. That would be a lot of fun, actually. Mm-hmm. That's Let's stick that in our in our back pocket. We'll do that before I-5, IJ-5. <laughs> yeah. No one's calling it that. Um, all right. Thank you guys so much for listening, as always. Haven't already, follow us on Twitter at Flick and Scream, on Instagram at Flick and Screaming. Stay at the date. Join the conversation. We are sorry about the inconsistent release schedule the last couple of weeks. We're going to get back on it. You know how summer break goes. Everyone's on vacation. Everyone's doing their own thing. Evans frolicking the earth. You know, we're just <laughs> oh we're, boy. Yeah. I'm all about I'm all about frolicking. I love in, chips. I love the frolicking. chips, the beating heart of America. That takes a lot out of you. Sometimes you just need yeah. a break. Um, Speaking we'll of frolicking, back. next yeah. week. Yeah. Ooh, good frolic. Next good transition. Week with a brand new movie, The Green Knight. A flicking and screaming favorite studio, A24. We all saw this in the movie theaters. They're back, baby. I can't I can't wait to talk about this movie. We actually had a, a little bit of a preview discussion before this podcast. There's a lot to talk about. If There's you so haven't much. if you haven't seen this movie yet, uh, and we're gonna tweet this out as well, but next Thursday, the eighteenth of August, A twenty four is doing a screen a virtual screening. So if you're uncomfortable going to a movie theater, um, which I do not blame you in this time, uh or you just haven't been able to make it to a movie theater, you can watch this movie in your own home via A24's website. Go on their Twitter account or Instagram account. You'll be able to find the link. You can purchase a ticket uh, for about the same price as a a normal movie theater ticket. Uh, And screen this movie in the comfort of your own home. Please watch this movie. Uh, No spoilers. I think we all really enjoyed it uh, and are excited to talk about it. So any parting thoughts on Indiana Jones? Any forward-looking thoughts for Green Knight next week, guys? Stop trying to be Harrison Ford. Be yourself. That's my advice. I, I know. I know the actors I are listening. I will never stop trying to be Harrison Ford personally <laughs> in my own personal life, but the actors should stop. Yes. If you're a fan of the Adventures of of Indiana Jones, then next week join us for for a modern adventure. Love that, Evan. Looking and screaming. Jet Sprague. Evan Fagundes. J T. Chipman. Have a good one, everybody. See, See ya. ya.